Hi friends, welcome to the Trauma Tapes. I'm Dr. MC McDonald, a PhD trauma researcher and life coach. It is my goal in life to reframe the way that we understand trauma. And I think if we want to understand trauma, we need more stories, more examples, an archive of trauma stories. But not just an archive where someone lays their story down for posterity and walks away, an archive that gives them something back, some attunement, some empathy, a reframe, integration, maybe some little piece of knowledge or understanding so that they walk away feeling like the thing that makes the least sense in their lives makes just a little more sense. This podcast is that archive. I'm here with my sister, Elizabeth Meadows. Each week, we read your letters and give you information and advice about how to understand and demystify your experiences and symptoms so that you can heal without shame. So pull up a chair, grab a coffee, and join us. Welcome to the Trauma Tapes. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Okay, so we have a review of the tools from last week, and then we have a new one to look at. Um, and then please keep sending letters because we're going to get back to letters. We haven't changed the format entirely. Um, we're just doing this for a couple of weeks. Okay, so last week we did, um, we talked about the hope circuit and why it's important to turn on the hope circuit because it counters the fear anxiety circuit in the brain and how that can be hard for folks who've had to deal with trauma because, you know, planning for your future and and thinking about gratitude might not be the first things front of mind. And so we did a tool about planning for a ridiculous future and then writing a gratitude letter. So let's talk about the planning a ridiculous future first. What, what did you think? Did this you try so it? Fun. Right? Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's like, um, I was struck by, well, first of all, like planning for the future is something that, that I'm really, really, really terrible at, you know, to yeah. the point where, there were like things that needed, we needed to take care of in terms of wills and stuff. And I, I couldn't even do it. Like yeah. I would break down and cry. And yeah. you know, I just, I, I really, really struggle with that. So this was such like a, like a light and easy and fun exercise. And I also was thinking like, you know, with all the things that your brain is telling you all day long mm -hmm. um, or taking in all day long to mm -hmm. take 15 minutes and kind of like have this fantastical thing yeah. going on is so like, we don't do that. No, we don't. You know? Yeah. It's like a little vacation for your brain, you know? Yeah. 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 So it was, it was really, it was so fun. Like I want to like keep doing it. I thought it was so amazing. So yeah. my thing is that I would be a food critic, which is oh. <laughs> <laughs> completely, you know, not possible for us since we celiac. And I feel like every time I go into a restaurant, I'm kind of like apologizing for oh being my there and, yeah. and my, you know, my dietary issues. Um, so there would be like no, you know, restrictions, no anything. Um, I'd be able to travel around. I could have two glasses of wine and not have a raging headache the next day. I could have as much dessert as I want and not feel guilty because that was my job. And that's, you know, that's yeah. what I have to do. And um, I'm traveling through Italy because that's my favorite place in the whole world. Yeah. And I'm hitting all the places that have been on like Chef's Table. Oh, yeah. Chef's Table? Is that the Netflix thing? Yeah. And, so. you know, 
revisiting some of the areas that you and I have both been to and exploring new areas and just staying in these fabulous little boutique hotels and going for walks and learning Italian and, um, you know, exploring the countryside and the food and meeting people. And, you know, it's just, I can, I can really kind of picture it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm picturing it as you're talking, like, what do you, did you get into like details, like what you're wearing and what it looks like and like that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing, um, from that scarf shop that you yeah. that you told me to go to, you know, I go back there, Florence, yep. this beautiful scarf shop in Florence. So I always have a scarf wrapped around. I have these, um, actually want to get these, there are these Ray-Ban sunglasses that are like black and, um, white kind of oh, cool. pattern. So I want those and my hair is like perfect all the time. It's you know, shiny and <laughs> silver. And I have, you know, my uniform that I wear and my beautiful Italian shoes and Italian handbags. And it's, um, it's, it's just, it's fun. It's really fun. And sometimes I toy with the idea of, do you remember the movie with Diane Lane under the Tuscan sun yes. mm-hmm. of buying a, a farmhouse? Yeah you know, and then renovating it and, mm-hmm. you know, having a team of, of Italians come in and make it magnificent for me, which is re- something I could never do. Cause I don't like when things don't work. <laughs> it stresses me out. <laughs> it was just, it was super fun. I loved it. Yeah. What did you notice? Like as you're doing the exercise or like every day, did it change anything in terms of like how you feel in your body or like whether anything was different after or during? Um, definitely during, you know, it, it feels like it feels joyful. It feels, um, like you said, it feels like a vacation in the moment. I, yeah. I don't, I can't tell yet whether it's, you know, impacting anything afterwards. Yeah. I, all I know is I want to keep doing it. Yeah. So, and it feels totally different than when you're trying to actually plan for your future. Oh, uh, if I actually plan for my future, I want to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or totally. if I try, if I even contemplate anything, totally. you know? Yeah. And I also think it's super interesting because I think this pandemic is like people have made these huge like life decisions because mm-hmm. I think facing these questions of, okay, what do I really want to do and what's totally. important to me? And yeah. so, you know, I think I've been thinking of that stuff anyway, and this is just mm-hmm. a much safer way, way to, do, to it. do it. Yeah. I also, I really think it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I made this up last year in the summer when it was like people were nobody had any hope. And like everyone that I was talking to was just like wide eyed and like, you know, freaked out. And I was like, okay, I was reading about all this stuff in the hope circuit. And I was like, okay, all of the exercises are about planning for your future. And in the midst of trauma, like there is no future. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Right. Like everything just fell off the wall and shattered. And it's like, someone comes in and is like, okay, now plan for the next step. And you're like, hold on. Like, right. I got to deal with the fact that an earthquake just happened and I, you know, I have to orient myself. And so like, I came up with this idea of like, what if you're in that space? Cause imagination is part of the hope circuit too. The herb circuit. <laughs> That's kind of better. <laughs> We're a mess today. <laughs> that, um, the, the, you can kind of connect to the hope circuit without having to kind of face on like a future less future, which feels really important right now as like things get more and more dire. And I think I've noticed, and I'm, I want to like figure out if this is true in general, that 
I share, we, we should talk about hope more in general. Cause I think it's like, we don't talk enough about how hard it is. Yeah. And it's especially hard right now. I was talking to my students yesterday about how like, we are not just having to deal with the fact we're having to face our own mortality every day in a way that we're not usually having to do. And we're now having to face the idea that there might not be future generations. Right. And so typically we find some comfort in, in the idea of like leaving a legacy or like what the world will look like after we've left it. That's where we rest when we find that we don't have any hope, but if there's nothing, right. That's just like, Holy, you know, right. <laughs> what yeah. do I do? Um, right. That's jarring super jarring and and we don't really know how i mean that's kind of unprecedented i don't think we really know as a as a humankind how to handle that and i think like when you've had trauma at all in your life like you know that at any point you know a wind could come sweeping through the house and just destroy it and so you learn this is like the trauma is a truth that tells you a lie that's always possible it always was possible but you right. now that you've seen it you can't unknow it and so it feels impossible to want things in the future. Right. And that's, I think, I remember really, really vividly like coming to the conscious realization that that was happening after dad died and kind of glancing into my future in my head. And it was just like blackness. Yeah. And it was like, that, that was, I don't really even have words for how terrible <laughs> that felt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I. That's another thing when you talk about your students that I was thinking about, um, I don't think there's, for me, looking back, like that is the best time in your life in terms of hope. Like yes, anything is possible. I like, know. It, it, you just are like I at, know. The, at the edge of the whole entire world. Mm -hmm. And I, I love, you must get such a kick out of that energy for oh, the, 100%. kids at that yeah. point in their lives. Yeah. Like yeah. they are so fascinating to talk to. And oh, yeah to pick their brains. And it's just, it's just like a, an amazing time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, if you can kind of like reflect back on mm -hmm. if you were lucky enough to have that time in your life mm -hmm. and try and capture that. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a, an incredible resource. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I think like you do dream, there's a little bit of irrationality too, right? Like you yeah. don't, um, and I don't mean that as a judgment or anything like that. I mean, it as a good thing. Like you don't, you're not so jaded. So you don't, you don't throw up walls in front of your hopes and dreams. You're just like, I don't know what it would it be like if I backpacked around the world for a year, what would it be like if I moved to LA and worked with these people? Or what if I, you know, like you just, you, it's all open. Yeah. And yeah. so there's this like huge canvas of like possible meaning hanging in front of you. And it's like, you get to do whatever, you know, you want, which can be a lot of pressure too. But, and I also when you're a kid, I find that so like engaging. I find that I, I just, I love talking to people at that point in their lives. I yeah. Just, I, no, me too. I love that energy. It's, yeah. It's, I think it's amazing. It is. And I think we can learn a lot from it. I always say that to my students that I like hope that they, they learned half as much from me as I do from them because they remind me and teach me about that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. But I think like we, I find when I do this exercise more, so I was doing it like every day in the summer last year, the, my own future starts to like open up. Yeah. And I start to be like, Oh, I think I might want this. I think I might want yeah. that, you know? And then yeah. that makes it possible to see 
when I'm thinking about being, you know, a ballerina in Paris, which, you know, I'll probably never even go to Paris, like, (laughs) let alone be any kind of ballerina in any way, but, um, like exercising that muscle in the brain, I think like it, it, I feel, I can feel myself like going into my actual future and being like, Hey, what about that? And it'll just like toss up an idea before I have a chance to shut it down. Yeah. I think our pathway, right. Our natural tendency is to dream and we learn to cut that off. And so when we can open up that space again, we start to dream a little bit. Oh, that's fantastic. And, And it's scary, but it's like, you know, yeah, possible. Yeah. I think it's also too like like okay, I might not be able to have this whole picture, but right. maybe I can have a piece or two of it. Like, right, right. You know, maybe right. I can revisit those places and and wear the silk scarf and then, right. you know get the sunglasses. Right. Maybe I can recreate some right. of it somehow. Totally. You know, yeah. Or that's another some of it somehow. Yeah, and that's another thing when you're doing it often and you do a different. I did like a different one every morning. Oh, you did. Yeah. Cause I just added it into my, like, it's like, this is what you think about when you take a shower instead of like ruminating about whatever the hell, you know, because <laughs> right. shower thoughts are like always very like deep and focused because nothing else is going on, you know? So it was like, okay, so what if I was, you know, what if I worked at the like garbage truck, I drove a garbage truck, like in, you know, whatever. Or what if I was like a, I owned an art gallery and had a really weird edgy haircut and like funky purple glasses and weird flowy clothes. Like, and you start to notice that like, however outlandish you start to get that there are themes that come out. Oh yeah. Which can inform you of like, Oh, wait a second. I, in every one of these things, I feel a particular kind of way, or I have a particular kind of uniform or my, the people in my life are around me in this particular way. And maybe that's something that I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. So I need to branch out a little bit. Yeah. Or don't, I mean, you can, it, I, that was just arbitrary to do it every morning and do a different one. And I was just like, I don't know, let's see what happens, you know, but you could do one for one week and get as detailed as possible and journal it all out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. No, it's a good idea. I like the different things. And I like, um, so a lot of times when I get up in the middle of the night and then when I go, when I'm trying to go back to sleep, like it, that would be a good time to yeah. like take 10 minutes and kind of yep. come up with some. It's good to have a time to do it. You know? Yeah, t- exactly. Because then it's easy to build into your schedule. Totally. Right. Or like you're going to be a NASA, you know, space in space person or whatever. Space yeah. cadet, astronaut. <laughs> space cadet. <laughs> you could be a space cadet. Probably not an astronaut at the same time. I, <laughs> I am a space cadet. No, you're not. Could not be an astronaut. Wouldn't and you can also play with ones you don't want to. Like the idea of being in space in a spaceship is like the worst. That's like my nightmare. I know. Me too. It's like a submarine. Ugh. Right. Um, so if you haven't been practicing that, do that. Keep let's keep doing it because I want to see if it like opens up stuff and makes it possible, you know. Okay. I really do think it changed. I want to do a study on this somehow. I have to figure that out. You should. Because I don't think anyone's talking about it in this way. And it's like, wait. I think a lot of the time people jump into positive psychology and then they just close off from it, especially if they're coming from trauma because they're like, well, I can't do any of this, you know? Right. And so it's like, well, but what if we just tweak it and then you do it this way? It's a workaround. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so keep, let's keep doing that. And then what about the gratitude letter? Well, you know, I, th- I feel like I started to talk about this last week, uh, you know, with the team of um, professionals yeah. that, 
that I um, was lucky enough to meet, um, you know, as a result of court ordered stuff and, you know, other things that were surrounding the, the, the uh, situation that we had in, in, um, in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I mentioned that the youngest, uh, my youngest stepchild is about to turn 18. And I always said, like, I wanted to write something to the team, you know, mm-hmm. just thanking them for their wise words and their, and their kindness and their yeah. understanding, you know, of, of the situation at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's something that I've been playing with for a while, um, mm-hmm. writing that stuff out and, um, yeah. you know, whether or not I send it, I, I'm not sure, but um mm-hmm. I, I would love to be able to recognize yeah. those people and um, let them know how much they helped at a, at a really difficult time. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't you send it? I don't know. I should, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends, but I, if there's not a reason not to, if that makes sense as a sentence, then, um, then do it, you know? Yeah. I need to trust my gut with that and, and just do it. You're right. Like what could happen that would be bad? Nothing, right? Like, no, nothing. I, it, unfortunately it's, the, the situation was so, um, toxic and loaded mm-hmm. that I didn't feel that I was able to make decisions from my core mm-hmm. regarding yeah. this situation. Yeah. And again, I'm being cryptic and I apologize, but it, it's like you had to think differently. So, yeah. you know, but this part, I'm out of it. It's over. Yeah. And I have to get back to my true self and my authentic self. And that person would send a letter. So yeah. You're yeah. Yeah. It's just, everyone is, it's so nice to like hear that when people send, you know, like who, who would ever be, who would ever have a reaction other than like just happiness that someone thought about them. The yeah. Is grateful, took the time and is sending it their way, you know? Yeah. I did find, um, and this might make you cry. I apologize, but <laughs> we got a letter. Um, and I, I, I know that you'll remember this, um, after dad died, it was sent to mom and, um, it was from a patient of dad's and, um, it's like the only thing that I've saved from, oh, wow. from everything that we, you know, received and, um, all, all the notes and letters. And, and, um, this one I, I hung on to cause it was so important and it meant so much, um, and I don't know this person. I never met this person who sent this letter, but um, I'll just kind of skim over it if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Read it. Um, he, he says, my family and I send our dim- deepest sympathies to you and your family. Uh, we're very deeply saddened by the news of Bob's passing. And I find myself thinking of him very often. I'm afraid he never knew how highly I thought of him and how much of an impact he had on my life. I try to live my life now in a way that I always imagined Bob to be with his family. The pride that he had for his family and the loving way that he recalled events in the lives of his children and grandchildren are resonating in my mind as I write this note. He realized what life was all about. And he talks about his experience. You know, he was in a place in his life. He was a child. He was 12 years old and he was seeing dad once a week um, for approximately 25 weeks because he had some serious dental issues going on. Um, And he says, although most people would cringe at at the thought of doing that, I would always look forward to getting into that chair. He always had a kind word and a genuine smile. He was truly a gentle soul. Mm. Um, And then he goes on and says, his kind presence came to me at a time when I was desperately in need. His loving fatherly presence was so soothing and made such a lasting impression on me 
that in a way I feel it saved me from perpetuating the abuse that I grew up with. Although I could not have a father like him, I often imagined what it would be like. Those imaginings form the basis of how I am as a father now. Oh my God. I know, right? (laughs) I'm just sad to know that I was never able to express to Bob how much his kindness meant. He He was truly an extraordinary man doing angelic things here on earth. Not only was he fixing smiles, but in his own quiet way, and perhaps without even realizing it, he was mending hearts as well. (laughs) Sorry. No, that's okay. I miss him and will always remember him. And, you know, I just remember being blown away by this at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, I wish, I hope that he knows how much that meant to us, you know. Mm-hmm. Dad was gone, and and it was the worst time in our lives. And th- no one has the right words in those moments. But this was such a tremendous gift. Mm-hmm. So, if you hesitate mm-hmm. on sending that letter, don't because it it literally changes lives. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. It's such yeah. a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah. I took a picture of it. I don't know why I came across it recently, but I'll, I'll definitely send it to you. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I was talking to somebody recently about like dad's funeral and how like, it was like stuffed to the gills, you know, like people were standing in the back, people were outside. It was raining. It was December 28th. It was horrible outside. And like, there were just people everywhere. And there were a lot of like stories like that, you know, and he was a dentist, like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I think that's easy to lose that thread in the in in the story because it's like you you think he's a therapist or he's cha- you know like a social worker or whatever which he was all those things you know yeah but you don't like it, he was just being who he was right 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 he wasn't you know right giving magic words or formulas or you know medicine well you know whatever but like it it was just his presence it was who he was and that was making an impact yeah so you don't even know yeah who you're impacting or who you might be impacting right and the way that you move about the world yeah you know yeah can restore someone's faith in humanity right the, there's a hope circuit thing in there. I don't know if you even realize that he said, I never, it was able to have a father like that, but I could imagine it because I, cause he had so much access to dad and that's right. how I'm a father now. Right. Not to like twist his thing into a hope circuit thing, but that's really like striking that that's, you know, we sometimes, I think a lot of the time we focus in trauma healing on what we didn't have. Yeah which is of course natural. And that's part of the process is figuring out what you didn't have and how to grieve that and all that kind of stuff. But also we, we need to, to take equal time and energy, understanding the impact of everyone who crosses our path. Everyone who you meet potentially changes your landscape, your map of the world, your neural wiring. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It can be your teacher. It can be a dentist. It can be an aunt or uncle. It can be, you know, like it's not just these main figures. Yeah. We heal in, in relationship, you know, with yeah. other people. I, like when you were saying last week of the, the Mr. Rogers thing with the helpers, I've always thought of them as the healers. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. You always have these people that kind of appear. Totally. At the right time. So, yeah. 
anyway, I, I just, I was blown away by that. I continue to be blown away. You know, we got that in 2006 and it's still making a huge impact. Yeah. So yeah, write the letter. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What'd you do? Um, I wrote one to the, it was so random, but I was thinking of the, um, the principal of the middle school, Marianne Cedron in Longmeadow, um, who I actually, I should look up. I don't even know where she is or what's happening. Um, but I wrote a letter to her because I was, I don't know, going through a thing. I was profoundly dysregulated as a fifth grader (laughs) and I would cry every morning and, um, she would just let me sit in her office and she never pathologized and she never said there was something wrong with you. She just like met me where I was, you know? Wow. And I have no idea how long it went on or what was happening or what went on behind the scenes or like what else, you know, cause I was in fifth grade and whatever you're 10, you don't know. But, um, that was profoundly important in learning how to regulate my emotions, you know? <laughs> yeah. Being allowed to to have them. Right. 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 Give, being given just a little bit of space and like regulation of, you know, another human who's saying like, it's okay. It's all right. It's okay that you're crying every morning. You know what I mean? And I remember she gave me some award in eighth grade when I, cause you graduated like eighth grade and then went on to high school of like most improved because under her, I really did thrive and was able to like put that all away and started being, I think way more like successful academically than I would have been without her influence. You know, she wasn't even my teacher, but I was able to become social and connected and engaged and involved in a bunch of different things and do really well in school because she gave me that space, you know? Yeah. And I, um, I don't know who I would be without that. That's incredible. Yeah. And I, rem- I have these, I, I remember like sitting in her, I have these like flash memories of like sitting in her office and like, she was just very stabilizing, you know? Yeah. Very kind. Never, never like said, you got to stop. What are you doing? This is, you know, what's wrong with you? you? This is unacceptable, whatever. It was just like, okay. Right. We'll just wait this out, you know? Never questioned. Never, right. never. Wh- why are you doing this? Right. Like, what, right. 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 I mean, we like talked about stuff, but it wasn't like it was, it wasn't, um, from a, like, what's wrong with you problem, you know? Right. Right. She met me where I was. That's awesome. That's, that's huge. Yeah. It was huge. I don't, I really don't know what it would have happened. Like if it hadn't been for her, like for real, <laughs> like reach I, out to her, she would yeah. to hear how, hear about your journey. Yeah. You've yeah. Gone. Yeah. It's, um, there's those people like planted in your life and you think that I haven't thought about her in probably like 30 years. You know what I mean? Like yeah, 20 years. And, but it's when I was thinking about her, I was just like, man, that was, that's life-changing. Yeah. You know? And then when I tap into that and I start thinking about the teachers I had and like what they were able to do. And like, I try to think of how I must've appeared in the world at that age. And the fact that they saw anything of value is like, incredible, you know, well, then you're beating yourself up how they saw anything of value. What do you mean? I just, I think I was just so like frozen and like, you know, I don't, there was just a dark space. Like, I think I was, when I was little, I was very like bright and like, you know, whatever. And then like, there was like a dark spot. 
Yeah. And those people like still saw the light in there, you know, and they were like, yeah. no, no, come out, <laughs> read There's this, so do that. Good in the world. There's so many good people. You know, we, we, it's yeah. so easy mm-hmm. with everything we're fed all day long to believe that there aren't. And there, mm-hmm. there really are. There yeah. are a lot of like amazing stories like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But it's, it's going into that space of gratitude is really interesting. Cause I, 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 this is like, people laugh at me because I get really fired up. I got really angry about the like gratitude journal stuff for a little while. And I was like railing against it because it just felt, it feels like too far of a bridge sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, when you're really, really going through it and you're in a really deep, dark place to like sit down and be like, well, I like blah, blah, blah. And I'm grateful for it. Like, it just feels like bullshit. Yeah, it does. And I, I think when your life has like knocked you over, it can feel, it can be very like bypassy. You know what I mean? It's like, we'll just put these happy little post-it notes everywhere, you know? And, but when you actually sit down and like, this feels more real and authentic, you know? And I do know there's huge value in gratitude journals. I'm not saying that it's just that I think it was being used as like a tool for anything and everything. And I think sometimes we have to recognize that with any of these tools, it might not be the right moment for that one, you know? Right. It might feel forced. It might feel like a, you know, and I just heard so from so many people, they were like beating themselves up from it because they would like lay in bed and be like, I can't think of three things. What the hell's wrong with me? I can't even have gratitude. I'm so broken, blah, blah, blah. And it would just go down this thing. And it was like, well, maybe they're, maybe you just can't see those things. Maybe the lights are off. Right. You know? So right. what, what can we do in the dark? <laughs> right. Until the or lights maybe come Maybe my on. things are stupid or, you know, right. all I can say is like the sun's out today. Like, right. Stupid. You know? Right. <laughs> right. Or that's like its own kind of hopelessness that I have the same three things every day. And it's like, right. not, not, you know, but you this kind of hear that you always like whenever, like you're hearing a remarkable story about anyone, mm-hmm. there's someone who touched them along the way mm-hmm. and made a huge impact. Mm-hmm. You, you always say that's like a common theme. Yeah, Totally right? Totally. If not one person, like a bunch of people along the way who weren't even like, can I, like, it's not intentional. It just like, right. It's like you said about dad, it was just the way he was, you know? Right. Right. Which is, I get so sad sometimes when I think of like, you can't to people who didn't know him, there's no way to like, it must just sound like we are over-exaggerating because he died, you know, but it's, he was remarkable, like truly, like as that, you know, that person said, like doing angelic things on the, on the earth. Just with his presence. Yeah. Just with his energy. Yeah. Just by being. Someone said, I like, I still have it on like my computer from um, like on a sticky note that maybe someone said to mom, like maybe he was sent here to teach us how to live. <laughs> I think it was like, um, Bob Agnoli's brother. So it was oh, so really, silly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone who knows him knows that we're not exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, right. And anyone who doesn't, just you're going to have to believe us. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. Whatever. We don't care. <laughs> right, right. That's fine. Um, I have a letter to prove it right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's up now? How do you like them apples? Okay. Um, I have a new. I have a new one. A new tool. A new tool. Ready? Yep. Okay. This one is called punching back. Also top-down regulation. Um, a little bit of like rewiring thought processes and stuff. It's super simple. So you're going to take a piece of paper and fold it in half. 
And on the left-hand side, make a list of as many negative things about yourself as possible. So tune into like your inner monologue and just pull out the gnarliest stuff that shows up and just write it down. Okay. And then on the right side of the paper, punch back. So for each of the negative things, write something positive that is directly related to the negative thing. So for example, if you wrote on the left-hand side, I'm needy, right? Then on the right-hand side, you would write, I'm very loving and empathetic. Okay. If you write, I'm a mess on the, on the left-hand side, on the right-hand side, you would write, you know, I'm living really authentically and in the moment. And so things are sometimes messy because I'm really present. Right. Um, because I think like we are frequently and always reminded of the negative things about ourselves, but we're not seeing them as they are. Yeah. And I think sometimes people will just come in and say like, well, no, you're not. Like if I'm like, I'm a mess, right. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I have like this idea, like I'm a mess. Someone will just be like, well, you're not. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I, I still feel like I'm a mess, you know? So this is not super helpful, but if I can see that, okay. I, I'm going to accept that there's a certain a level of messiness in me and in my life. What's the other side of that? Like, why is that there? What's happening? Then you can accept it, but also see it for like what it actually is rather than just get attached to the negative piece. Give, give me the counter to I'm a mess again. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm a mess because I'm radically present and I have a lot going on in my life. And so that means there's going to be some mess involved. Okay. Why? Because I like I keep thinking about you saying that that I'm a mess, and I I keep like it, it's been haunting me, and I remembered this story. Um, oh God! Oh God! <laughs> no, it's not about you. It's not okay. about you. I I worked for um, Apple Retail when they started to open like Apple stores. Yeah, which was really an exciting time, you know, for them. And I I got to um, have training in Cupertino in California, yeah. and I went to the Apple campus, and I stood next to Steve Jobs in the cafeteria, and <laughs> I, I think it was Dad's like proudest moment of me yeah. when I worked for Apple, even yeah. though it didn't last that long. But um, because he he loved all that stuff. He but, was proud. That was his proudest moment for him. He was proud of you all the time. <laughs> oh, thank you. But he was like, he was fired up about that. He was was very, very, very excited um, (laughs) because he wasn't going to get sweaters for Christmas anymore. But but as part of the training we had, um, and it was fantastic training, as you can imagine. Yeah. But this woman was telling us of one of the trainers about the prodigy who wrote the finder program for Apple. And she was saying that he he was like 19 years old, you know, at Stanford, like absolutely brilliant, like yeah. obviously brilliant. He, he could not get dressed in the morning. They used to have to go to his house, oh, like no. get him out of bed, <laughs> tell him to get in the shower, like <laughs> pick out his clothes for him, feed him. Like oh, he God. was not capable of like getting it together on any level. But he was writing this program that like changed the world. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I think of like when you say I'm a mess, you're doing so many important like (laughs) life changing things that if you don't make your bed, who cares? I know. I know. I know. It's just like this perfectionism, but I, I don't know. I remembered that and thought like, okay, no one would say that kid was a, was a mess or a failure. Like, 
Or they would, but then they would say like, okay, you're a mess. What are we going to do about it? You can't get up. What are we going to do about it? Let's get your team of people. You have this value that you're expressing over here and that's worth it. And so let's deal with this other piece, you know? Right. Right. We're going to come take care of the things that you can't, you know, take care of yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. There's no need to like drown in shame over it. It's just, you know, your, your energy is going elsewhere. Right. And and that's great. Right. We need that. (laughs) Right. Right. No one's going to beat you up for, we're just going to help you. Right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I wonder if there's something there too, about like, it's a way of like sort of protecting myself from being totally radically present. You know what I mean? It's like a tether. To the idea that you still have to, that you're failing on this one part. Yeah. 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 Or that I'm a master. My life is a master. I've got to cut it out. It's totally bizarre. It's the person following you around saying that to you. Right. All day long. Right. I can think of who those people might be in your life and yeah. I'm sure you can pick one of them and like punch them back. <laughs> Not a mess. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Or embrace it. I am a, I'm not, first of all, not even that messy. The, the thought of this is ridiculous, but also like, if I'm a little bit of a mess, like it's part of the deal. <laughs> okay, that's a good, that's a good one. I like okay. it. I know it's, it's super simple, but it's, it's actually hard to do. It's not hard to come up with the list of things, but it's hard to sometimes punch back. Yeah. I think it's going to be very hard to punch back. Yeah. But I think it's important because, and then if, if we're, if there are things we can't punch back about, we can like help each other punch back against them because sometimes you need help with that. But seeing these things as not fully negative, I think is probably more life-changing than just trying to like delete them. You can't delete them. They keep you coming can't. up. Exactly. Like, you know, it doesn't work. Right. Totally. I can tell you, you're not a mess 75 times. If, right. if you still think you're a mess, that's not going to change anything. Right. right. Um, tiny little Joyce, do you have one? I do. I um, have dipped back into watching. I don't, I think it's still called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. I apologize if it's not. Let me look. I think so. I think so. I think it's just called Queer Eye at this point. I was talking about um, Jonathan Van Ness yesterday. I love him. He's coming to like do a show like down the street. I wish you were here. What? Um, it's just called Queer Eye. Queer Eye. Okay, thank you. I thought maybe because they they help women now too. Yeah, but yeah. um, I you know they did a reboot and it's it's a whole new cast of characters and I just kind of dipped in uh, the other night and watched an episode and I just like. I love it. It makes me so yeah. happy. You know, they, I, I think they are magical. Mm-hmm, they it talks are. about the helpers slash healers. Yeah. You know, they come in and I think they're in a season where they're in like Kansas city or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, th- they're the, this one gentleman that they were helping was so vulnerable and, um, open and, um, appreciative and, and, and gracious. And it was like, I was crying 10 minutes into the episode, you know, I was (laughs) almost bawling at the end of it, but I just, I, I I don't know. I love the way they are. I love the way they handle the situations. Yeah. I love the people they help. And um, it's just, it's such a joyful experience. Yeah. You know, I love that it's out there and you can kind of dip into it when, when you need to. And, um, I just, I, I find it like really life-changing and um, also to think about you, you never know what's going on with someone. You can make all kinds oh of God, assumptions, know. Uh, you know, and you don't know how 
sad or broken they might be feeling yeah and, and overwhelmed and right to have this this team of kind wonderful angels come in and help them mm-hmm. is it's just a beautiful thing i just i love the concept i love the show i love the energy i love everything about it they do it also completely without judgment or shame like they're just like they go into these people's houses and they're like okay so <laughs> here's what we're dealing with. You know, like I remember this one episode, I haven't watched it in a super long time. So I don't know what season this is, but they were in someone's episode, someone's closet. And it was like, they were just like falling over laughing with the guy, not at him. You know what I mean? And they were like, are you Frasier? Like, what is this? Tell me about this sweater vest. Like what is happening? (laughs) It is not 1992. You are not Frasier Crane. (laughs) Right. But in this way, that was like super, like it brings in humor, but also in this really loving way of like, we're going to come in with this shininess and help you without judgment, without shame. Like, I think that's so huge. Yeah. And so much of like reality television is, is, is judgment and shame and mean and dark. And this is just so, yeah, it's so well done. I, I, I I think it's a really hopeful gift. It's hopeful. It's very hopeful. Yeah. He's like a national treasure, Jonathan. I mean, I love them all, but he, but Jonathan is like, a national treasure. Oh my God. I completely forgot my Ted Lasso. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> Which, okay. I, I hate Jason Sudeikis. I know this is like a terrible thing to admit. Okay. I, in general, I just, I don't know what it is about him. It was from the office. I think because he was in the office, right? I just, his face like irritates me. I can't handle it. <laughs> okay. And so I was really holding off and everyone on earth, including Brené Brown was saying, watch Ted Lasso, watch Ted Lasso, watch Ted Lasso. And I'm only a couple of episodes in, but it is fucking delightful. Isn't it? So like, I, I don't even know how to, do, I haven't, I don't think I've ever really watched anything like that. Like the, 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 the comedy and like the, the heart in it is just like, it's just delightful. Jake told Brent that he reminds him of Ted Lasso and Brent like thinks it's the greatest compliment he's ever received in his whole entire life. Like he's still like that. referencing it. Like remember when Jake said, I was like, <laughs> it's rem- it's, I can totally see that. It's um, it's totally changing my opinion about Jason Sudeikis entire. And I get that it's a character and not him, but like, it's, it's delightful. It's a great show. It's a great show. It's a great character. It's like brilliant and funny and like, just, I don't know the best. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get the email? Do you have Apple TV? Um, I do have Apple TV. I don't think I got the email. Ted Lasso like sent an email last Friday because it was like <laughs> season two premiere. And he's like, you know, I really hope you watch. And this is where the team's oh. going. And you're just like, oh my God, Ted Lasso sent me an email. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, that's funny. It's a great show. I'm so glad you found it. It's so I like I said I can't I, I'm only a couple episodes in I can't wait to like keep watching so there's only two seasons, there, yeah the second season just started and it's one of those ones that a new episode comes out every Friday so you can't oh you have to it. wait <laughs> yeah which is like ah I did that with the morning show did you watch that yeah I loved that I did too and I was like super angry that I couldn't watch it all at once <laughs> I know this is an outrage that's coming out with the second season is it I think yeah. That whatever, whoever that actor is, is so good in that show. It's like, I would watch it just for him. Billy Crudup, Crudup, whatever his name is. Oh, I know. I know. He's great. So good. Chilling. He's good. Um, What about Dr. Death? Did you watch that? No, I haven't watched it yet. 
Holy shit. I, I don't know if you should. Oh, okay. I'll try. That makes me want to watch it. <laughs> it sounds like right up my alley. Dr. Death. What are you watching? Oh, Dr. Death. God. <laughs> it's like chill. And it'll make you never want to have surgery again. Like you'll be like terrified of surgery. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. maybe skip that. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you don't have a choice and you have right. <laughs> I don't typically engage in surgery like because I want to. <laughs> Usually, it's, there's some sort of thing gone very wrong. <laughs> okay, we have our homework. Yep. Um, I think that's it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank keep keep listening. Subscribe and rate. Um, that really really helps us get seen by other people and get more listeners, which will help us keep going. So, if you can go on the um, Apple podcast app and give us a rating. You don't even have to type anything. You can just click the number of stars if you want. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.